Hi, my name is Michelle Dawson, and I'm a psychologist and an MSD mom. I have a daughter, Abby, in fifth grade and a son, Jack, in first grade. Both have been at the school since the toddler program. So today I'm going to share with you how a simple daily gratitude practice can massively improve your resiliency to stress, make you happier, and improve your sleep. We all know that expressing gratitude is a good thing to do. Especially during this time of year, just glancing around at Target, you're likely to see give thanks or grateful emblazoned on coffee mugs or t-shirts. You may even have already have a gratitude journal or even have a daily ritual of saying what you're grateful for with your kids or family. This is all great, but I'm here to talk to you today about ways to boost this practice so that you actually are getting the brain benefits of it. Understanding a little bit of neuroscience and how our brain works helps us to understand that it is not enough to just think about what we're grateful for. We also have to integrate feelings and body awareness into this practice. By consciously or mindfully paying attention to our experience of gratitude, we can actually strengthen our neural pathways in the prefrontal cortex region of our brain. This is our smart brain that's responsible for memory, attention, and positive feelings. So it's really a good thing to strengthen. A note about mindfulness, it has really become quite a buzzword, uh, but basically what it is is paying attention to the present moment without judgment. Being present and noticing how you're experiencing something is really all it is. What I love about the great gratitude practice that we'll talk about is that it's free, not time consuming, and you will start noticing benefits after 10 days of practicing it. It should really be a daily habit that is as important for your emotional and physical health as toothbrushing is for your teeth. And what a great time of year to start the practice. Wouldn't it be nice to hit the new year and not feel like you need a vacation? All right, let's get started. So the hardware that we came with is actually pretty outdated and not prepared to deal with the overstimulating world that we currently live in. At their home base in a resting state, our brains are designed to constantly be on the lookout for potential threat and to respond accordingly for survival purposes. This is a problem because while we don't have the same life and death, death threats today, our brains still respond as if we do. They perceive anything unfamiliar, painful, exciting, or emotional as a threat. There are a few survival mechanisms that are at work that are helpful to understand. These are the negativity bias and the fight, flight, or freeze response. These forces are vital for when we actually need them, but in our world, they are often activated and running at all times, and this causes a lot of problems. The first one, the negativity bias, is basically that we are much more likely to remember bad stuff than good stuff. Negative things stick to our brains like Velcro, and our brains act like Teflon for the positive things. The survival value of this for our ancestors was that remembering which berries were poisonous had to be engraved in the brain so that they didn't eat them again. A beautiful sunset or a flower did not need to be remembered. We are not wired for gratitude. This bias is evident when we pick our kids up from school and they want to talk more about the one time that their friend played with somebody else rather than all of the times that their friend did something nice for them. It also explains why we're much more likely to obsess over the potentially judgmental look we received from a coworker rather than the promotion that we got. So the second mechanism is fight, flight, or freeze. And our brains respond the same way to the Whole Foods parking lot during the holiday season 
as they would when we would be faced with a true survival threat like running into a bear in the woods. So basically, our amygdala gets activated, and this triggers a flood of cortisol, adrenaline, and other hormones that get released into our system. Our heart rate and blood pressure goes up, our pupils dilate, and we are prepared to go to battle. If we think about that trip to Whole Foods and all of the stressors that we face without even being aware of the impact on our, of, on our brain and body, it is no wonder that we were tempted to have wine when we get home or disconnect by browsing social media or go online shopping. When we are in a chronic state of fight or flight, our prefrontal cortex gets roped off and we get revved up and desperate to get balanced. We start making bad decisions just to get by. Quick fixes are readily available and they work in the short term. The problem is that the reliance on these coping mechanisms starts to shape our brain in a way that erodes our resiliency to deal with stress and we become dependent on quick fixes that give us shots of dopamine but don't build a stronger and smarter brain that can tolerate doses of distress. All right, so now that we're aware of our brain's tendencies, how do we change things? Staying out of the survival states when we don't need them activated helps reserve energy for when we do need them and create space for more positivity. If we don't actively work against our brain's natural state, we are leaving ourselves really vulnerable to the negative impact of stress. While we're not hardwired to stop and smell the roses, we now know that forcing ourselves to do so and imprinting this into our neural network is actually beneficial for survival. This is where the magic of neuroplasticity comes in. We need to work hard to make the good stick. Neuroplasticity is one of the greatest discoveries in recent neuroscience. We now know that our brain has the capacity to be rewired continually until the day we die. This is the concept that allows gratitude to strengthen our brains and make us happier. The neural pathways that are already formed in our brains are like sledding along a path that has been used hundreds of times. It's quick, easy, and a fun path down. Building a new neural pathway would feel like trying to sled when there's a foot of powder and no one has been out yet. It's hard work to get the path built, but ultimately it's really worth it and the hard work pays off if you know that you're actually working towards updating your brain. The added benefit of neuroplasticity is that when you make changes to your brain through gratitude, people around you will also benefit. A pretty recent discovery that explains this is that we have mirror neurons in our brain. These are located in our prefrontal cortex and they light up when someone else is feeling something. This explains why people go crazy for sports and why we can't help but smile when we see a smiling baby. This means that if we are strengthening our brains and feeling more calm, our kids will start feeling what we are feeling. We really can't fake it with our kids, even if we are doing all of the right things for them. If we are feeling dysregulated, this is what they will feel and it will impact how their brains develop. Research shows that with no other intervention, children whose parents practiced daily gratitude showed improved grades, less aggressive behavior, better sleep, and reported feeling happier. Okay, now I'm going to teach you a simple technique to start using every day. I will use the acronym of MSD to make it not only easy to remember, but when you drive on campus or get an email from the school, hopefully it'll trigger you to add an extra ounce of gratitude to your day. It can be helpful to add an alarm to your phone every day as a reminder to get this to become a habit as well, or integrate gratitude practice into dinner or bedtime routine. So there are three steps to this. And the first, the first step in the M is mindful attention to a positive experience. 
So this knowledge of our brain shows us why we have to work at holding on to the good in order to rewire our brains. If we see gratitude as holding on to the good, we are installing our brains with new wiring and upgrading our ancient survival system. We have to pay mindful, sustained attention to the positive emotions that come with gratitude and positive experiences, otherwise they will bounce right off of us. While the positive experience can be an object or an experience such as viewing a sunset or even the smell of your coffee in the morning, I believe that what we know about connections with others tells us that when doing something kind for someone else or remembering when someone did something kind for us is a way to boost the impact of gratitude. Research shows that when one human expresses appreciation and another receives it, it boosts serotonin levels in both human brains. When you appreciate someone for who they are rather than what they do, this supercharges the impact even more. I bet we all can remember a compliment that we received when we felt really appreciated and how that impacted us. And while we all like a compliment about our new shoes or even our haircut, these compliments don't rewire our brain the way that a compliment about our heart does. Step two, savor and absorb the positive experience. So this is where the feeling part comes in. It's not enough to actually have the experience, but we have to take a minimum of 10 seconds to let the experience absorb into us. You can't feel emotions if you're in fight or flight. So first, breathe to calm your nervous system so that you're open to feeling something. So just take a a few deep breaths and then pay attention to how the positive experience that you're bringing into your memory is making you feel in your body. The reason I say body is that we tend to respond to feeling questions with thoughts. All emotions are biologically rooted, and the way we know that we have them is not by a thought, but by something that happens in our body. So pay attention somatically to what the positive memory or experience does for you. Take several deep breaths and focus on exhaling out for as long as you can. This helps to calm your nervous system and connect you with your smart brain so that you're more open to feeling good feelings. The third step, the D, is diary or share the experience. So the act of engraving the positive experience through recording it in a journal or an app has been shown to further help in rewiring our brains. There are tons of gratitude apps that make this process really easy or sharing um, the, the experience with somebody else can be helpful. Research shows that this step is really vital in making sure that the experience gets rigidly engraved in the neural structure. I believe that if, that if there is the opportunity to share, that this has the most powerful benefit. An example that I thought of today is a memory of a time over 20 years ago laughing with a friend at a restaurant. It was one of those laughing fits that you end up forgetting what you're even laughing about, but you can't stop. We were laughing so hard that every time the waiter came to our table, he had to leave and come back again, and then the laughter would start up. I don't think we ever even figured out why we were laughing. I stopped to savor that feeling today and noticed that my face hurt from smiling, and I noticed the excitement that came with this, and then even feeling exhausted afterwards. It is recalling and savoring that feeling that caused the memory to stick in the first time because of the emotion that came up, And then bringing back the feeling and letting it absorb in helps to change the brain. For step three, I shared the experience by calling my friend and leaving a message recalling this and how it made me laugh just to think about it. I'm sure it brought a smile to her face to get this message in the midst of her busy day.
I want to share one more practice that you can implement with your kids as a ritual that incorporates all three steps to help the whole family practice and get the benefits of gratitude. I like a game called Rosebud Thorn. Rose is something good that happened today, so the positive experience. A bud is something that you look forward to, so it cultivates excitement. And the thorn is a mistake that you made today that you learned from. This gives you an opportunity to role model for your kids that you make mistakes and how these are learning opportunities versus threats. And it also gets them to start looking for roses and buds all around them. Some other ideas to start cultivating gratitude benefits in your kids, just start changing the way that you ask questions. For example, if you ask them, what was something nice that someone did for you today? You can follow up by asking, how did you know that this was nice? What did that feel like in your body? This way you're getting them to cultivate positive emotions and they'll be more drawn to experiences like this. Also, this is such a good fit with what they're doing socially, emotionally in a Montessori school. They're not taught to say sorry if they don't mean it. The philosophy is about cultivating emotions so that kids are saying sorry because they feel bad when someone else is hurt, not just because it's good manners. So along the same vein, we want them to start saying thank you naturally in response to feeling good themselves when they see others feel good. And this is all about the mirror neurons that we talked about earlier. I hope you enjoyed learning about this practice. One additional thing to share is that gratitude practice by no means should be a way of minimizing negative emotions. We need to validate our own negative emotions and those in our kids, but the gratitude practice is something separate. One of the things that happens once we start practicing gratitude is that it naturally becomes a habit because the neural pathway gets formed and we're more likely to use it once we force ourselves to start using it regularly. When things feel good, we feel bad when we stop doing them. This explains why it's so hard to get into a workout routine. Once we do it over and over, it feels bad not to do it. This is the same principle. Things that are hard to start but are good for us start to feel good after a while, and this is because of the development of the neural pathways over time. This is sledding on that ice hill. So people who are regularly practicing gratitude start noticing positive things more often because they're looking for them. We're strengthening the positive, and the negative over time becomes weaker. Okay, so I hope this, pos- this podcast was helpful for you in implementing a well-researched science-backed method for improving your life and the life of your kids. There's no reason not to start using this today.